This is the Generation Gap, presented by me, Claudia, and him, Clive. Hello. In this program, we are going to explore differences and similarities of being a teenager now and in past generations. I am a 21st century girl, and Clive is baby boomer. That is a teenager in the late 60s and early 70s. What are the differences and similarities in the way that we live our lives? We are going to try and find out. This is the Generation Gap Show on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Hello, I'm Clive. And I'm Claudia, and today we are going to be talking about love and marriage. I think particularly the marriage part, not so much the love. You just assume that's there in the first place. (laughs) If you say so. Yeah. Okay, so um, the basis for this really is that marriage is obviously an institution that's been around for a long time. But over the recent years, and certainly the recent decades, the number of people actually getting married has been falling quite drastically. And that's even when we've actually got a lot more people, obviously, um, in the country because the population's increased. So we're going to look at the uh, the actual figures. I've got some real statistics to quote to you. And also have a sort of think about why it is. And in particular, is it, uh, you know, younger people now, are they having a different view of marriage? And uh, so, uh, you know, perhaps deciding they don't really want to do that. What do you think? First, first guess. Um, <clears throat> I think t- today it's not as... It's not as important to be married. Yeah. In what what sense was it important before? Because back in the day, if you didn't get married and had children, then that would be found upon. Yeah, basically it was society regarded you um, as being sort of, well, sinful perhaps in some cases. Yeah. Yes, but certainly it wasn't proper not to be married. I think we had this discussion where we, um, um, a while ago... Um, the church was in the heart of every kind of community, so um, so maybe that's that's changed nowadays. Yeah, so it's it's poss- possibly also a reflection of obviously fewer people being involved with churches and going to church, and so therefore the the religious instruction about getting married is something which um, people aren't really taking so much notice of. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so we're talking about marriage today and sort of attitudes towards marriage and how it's changed over the time um, of the last, I suppose, uh, 30, 40 years particularly. Um, So I've got some figures here. Now, these are figures for um, the official figures from the National Statistics Office um, for marriages in England and Wales. That's how they they measure them. Um, And the latest figures are from 2013. So it's not completely up to date, but obviously as good as we can get. So in 2013, there were 240,854 marriages. And that um, was actually an inc- a decrease of compared with uh, 2012, for example, nearly 8%. Um, now, of those, civil ceremonies, that's not in churches, accounted for 72% of all of them. So that obviously shows that the... Uh, a very small number, about a third, are actually in churches or equivalents. Um, and so the religious ceremonies were decreasing quite rapidly, 14% just in one year, actually. Um, so quite quite a big drop, even in recent years. Um, three quarters of brides and grooms marrying in t- 2013 were marrying for the first time. And the largest increase in uh, age groups getting married, and you'll be surprised at this, was the over-65s. Yes. Oh, interesting. Um, now, the mean age at marriage, which means sort of average of everybody getting married, um, was thirty-six point seven 
years old for men and 34.3 for women. But as I said, about a quarter of the people getting married were actually over 65. So I think that probably, um, in an average terms, makes the number actually rather higher than um, the sort of real figure. And as I understand it, the sort of uh, typical age of getting married is um, a woman who is between 24 and 29 and a man who is two to three years older than that. So that's the sort of normal kind of um, marriage ages. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you for letting me know that. So this is the Generation Gap here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM, the station for St Albans. And we're talking about marriage and attitudes to marriage with uh, different generations, and particularly the younger generation's views on marriage. So I'm going to hand over to Claudia to give her views. So the first thing that could... Because you read out um, a few statistics earlier and you said that a lot of people are older than before, getting married older than before, or not married, not getting married at all. Yes. Which is the current trend. So one of those reasons could be cohabitation when people try to kind of test trial their relationship before they get married or into any serious sort of commitment. But I think that kind of, if you're doing that and you stay together, I think that kind of gives you a um, kind of thing not to get married in the long run. Because if it works, it works sort of thing. Yeah, I, I know a number of people who have lived together without being married for a number of years. And then one day they decide to get married and they get divorced two years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is what I'm saying. If it if it works for you not to get married and keep on cohabitating, I think then you, sooner or later you forget the fact that you're not actually married. Well, yes. It's, or, it, those in pe- that sort of sense. Most people say things like, it's a piece of paper, so what, you know. Okay, you see where I'm going with this. But for me, in my opinion, I don't like it because, partly because I'm still um, living the fairy tale dream where everything's so beautiful and a grand wedding is necessary in order to fulfil your life, <laughs> life's ambitions. Um, I think if you're not married and it's not legal, legal and it's not on paper... Whether it's in the church or in a wherever, um, I think it just makes it hard for your children, for banks and sharing sharing bank accounts and stuff. And what about your will when you die? Um, you can't leave the leave money or anything for the other person. And divorce. What what happens if you um, if you try, decide to separate? You're not gonna really have anyone to back you up or help you kind of split everything I mean obviously you might be on good terms but what if you're not on good terms what if someone decides to be really difficult and you know decides not to cooperate the way they should the legal legal people can't help then can't can they well okay uh, several things there I think firstly um obviously um I think back in my day, as it were, when I was younger, um, people living together without being married was definitely frowned upon. And, you know, in polite society, people would probably shun you and sort of think you're a bit odd. And obviously it wasn't quite right. And certainly if you um, lived together and had children without being married, that was regarded absolutely outrageous. And that's why a lot of people, they did have, as you say, a sort of trial together. But then as soon as they had a, a child, they'd get married so as to sort of legitimate, well, legitimate 
legitimise is the word, and cor- correctly that their child. Um, these days, there's no stigma, I think, attached to that. Yeah. It's just normal, and no one ha- is really bothered whether you're married or not. So in that sense, it's definitely changed um, attitudes very, very much. But of course, our, our attitudes towards social things have changed drastically over the last few years anyway. And but this I, is just one of them. I just have to say, I don't, I don't think it's bad that they've changed. I think everyone should have the free will to do whatever they want to. I just think in the long run, it makes sense to get married because then you're kind of forming a new legal kind of formation. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, what you're touching on, and I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know all the details, but basically you're touching on the legal situation, which can cause uh, real problems. I think one of the things I'm very aware of, and I know often we have sort of solicitors and people coming into the station talking about these things. Um, If you're not married and then obviously uh, something happens to one of you, uh, perhaps they, they die uh, particularly um, if you're married then all of your um, everything you own basically ha- transfers across to your partner uh, your spouse is the word isn't it husband or wife automatically and there's no arguments about it that's the law but if you're not married even if you live together for 20 years or whatever um, then there's no such legal thing at all and though you can obviously make a case for it that you know hey I've lived in the same house and um, we've shared our money and we've got a joint bank account and we've got three children and all those sort of things um, legally you don't have any rights at all and that's actually very scary and a lot of people don't really understand that so there is a good reason in practical terms um, to be married have that legal um, arrangement because then you do benefit in the end on that and otherwise I mean the person who's died would obviously want you to have those things I'm sure but you know they can't actually make it happen so that's why I think a lot of people do legal marrying in in registry offices and not a church just simply to get that legal yeah, status but that's what I'm saying that that like at least do that because it just makes everything simpler I think just to make your life simpler I do actually know someone who um, isn't married and has a child and they're together and you know that they're together but they went on a holiday to Germany the mum and the child and the child has the dad's surname so when they were coming back before they got on the plane in Germany she had to prove that she was his mum Mm. because they have different surnames and obviously in Germany I don't know what the rules are but you have to kind you can't just go on a different surname you can't just I mean you can the point is that they didn't know how would you know if that's yours yours she knows she's his mother but you know yeah, I mean, you're right. It does cause some practical problems like that. And certainly these days with all the security checks and things at airports, I'm sure it is an issue. Um, the tendency is that they um, often use the surname of the father. Um, I, I know this because I was involved in various um, things where we were actually um, registering children to go to a school. And in this, it was amazing because the mothers would do the registration and they had a completely different name to their children. <laughs> Um, even when they were married a lot of women these days of course um, don't adopt their husband's name or they keep their maiden name at work that's a normal thing to do because they've been working 15 years they're known as Smith or something and so they don't want to change it or a lot of people now hyphenate their names to make it far too long to fit in any box on a form (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's okay. I've got that problem anyway. Well, yes, that's right. <laughs> um, so there's lots of complications like that. But it, it is, you know, um, talking about somewhere like Germany, um, countries like that often have rules about, you know, names that you can't have, a only certain names you can give a child, that you can't have a hyphenated version of it and so on. And um, in this country, we have total liberal view on this. You can have any name you like. And that's why you get boat, team, boat faces and things like that turning up. Um, so... 
yes, this is the sort of practicalities. But of course, people who've fallen in love decided to get married or to set set up to get a home together. Um, they don't really think about all the practical issues like this legal stuff and money stuff, which is of course all boring, isn't it? Yeah. They often say that people spend you know uh, ten times more time choosing their holiday each year than they ever think about you know banks and whatever. That's one of the issues that people think is just boring stuff. I won't bother about that. Um, so they keep their bank account as they have. And I notice actually people, particularly with emails, you know, um, you often find someone said, oh, I'm, I'm so-and-so, you know, Jones. And you say, well, why, why is your email name completely different? And it's basically they've got married or adopted another name and they've just got their old email. <sighs> it's terrible. All the things you have to do to be really organised and practical and bring everything up to date. I mean, you could argue it's the wrong way of of doing things and it shouldn't be like that but then if if you are if you're not married then how would you know that you're together anyone could say oh i was married to this dead man i should get all the money yes (laughs) well that's the sort of thing that's the practical problem and that's where you end up going to court and it costs a fortune to actually get a court case to cover these things um yeah i mean obviously i suppose young people getting uh, together and living together don't really start thinking about what happens when one of them dies 50 years later potentially um but it's the sort of thing that that does cause real problems and of course if you've lost a partner and then you have to go through all that sort of process as well it must be an absolute nightmare but i have to say the last note cohabitating is okay in my opinion yeah because you like you you can't it's okay to test your marriage to test your relationship before you get married but get married <laughs> at some point basically wise yeah. words here from me okay but it's still a minority thing to do these days certainly that's that's the, that's the real lesson that, that the majority of people do not think it's that important these days so they don't actually get officially married oh also yeah well we'll move on to careers i think okay because that's another thing that's really changed i think probably all little girls still have the same vision in their mind of getting married with a big white dress and lots of people in and a church tiara. tiara and presumably <laughs> um pup- pumpkins being drawn and by roses. unicorns white roses white roses yes okay what? Is that is that really surprising? Um, no, that's why I think I always think roses are red, but there you are. That's a poem for you. <laughs> no, but red roses are for Valentine's Day. White roses are for weddings. Of course, yes. It's a long time since I had a wedding, so I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, which was in the church, by the way. Oh, mm. that's surprising. It is considering the things I know that you say. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Um, this is the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM and uh, we're talking about marriage and attitudes to marriage across generations. I think we've basically decided that obviously people are, well we know the statistics show that uh, people are getting married far less these days or at least that's not quite the way of putting it. Fewer people are getting married each year and um, more people are therefore still living together but not being married and whether that's a good or bad thing but I think clearly the attitudes towards that have changed people really don't think it's a bad thing whereas uh, perhaps in the 1950s and 60s it was quite outrageous actually and people be shocked and no one's shocked anymore these days are they? Yes but it's a good it's a nice kind of that's a nice change. Well it's sort of an open change it's our society has been much more tolerant of all sorts of things and that's one indication of it i think you know there's all sorts of things which perhaps regarded a bit um as being sort of not really quite the right done thing and nowadays we're much more open to um alternatives so um 
what else are we going to talk about? The numbers of people who are getting married. Of course, many people who are getting married have actually been married before, and that's quite interesting by itself. Um, approximately, basically, two-thirds of people getting married were married for the first time. Um, and so that means about a third of people were marrying for the second time. And um, the majority of them are actually both of the couple have been married for the second time. There's actually quite a small number of people who um, one of them is marrying for the first time and one has already been married before. It's interesting, the exact percentages here, I think it's uh, 15% of those are people who've both been married before. And of course, we mentioned earlier that the uh, increase, the biggest increase in numbers of people getting married in proportion, proportionally, is actually for people over 65 getting married. Now that's interesting, isn't it? And some of those are for the first time. That's the point from the, the statistics. The statistics are very complicated. I've got a big that's chart. That's very strange. Hmm. You, you don't know where these statistics are coming from, to be honest. Well, they are. I can tell you exactly where they're coming from because they're the official registrar's um, statistics. Now, of course, what this doesn't show is what the people are who are not getting married. But as the total number of people getting married has been decreasing every year and the population's increasing, it means it's a smaller and smaller proportion of people who are actually getting married. Um, we were talking earlier about, obviously, church marriages as opposed to um, registry offices, and I feel still that it's one of those things that people have in their mind that when, when you get married, and particularly for women, I have to say, you know, when you get married, you want the big romantic wedding. And um, what do you think yes. are the main elements of that? It's obviously the church, the, the church, white, white the dress. The white dress. The bridesmaids, the bridesmaids, the veil, the little children going in front of you and, um, what is it, throwing the rose petals down. Um, Yeah. Right, so you've got it all planned out already, I can see. Yeah. The maid (laughs) of honour. Just got to find the person, yes. Okay. I mean, but this is the. Can I suggest, I mean, that's like a sort of fairy tale, isn't it? It's Cinderella. No. No? No. It's, it's, It's how weddings happen, no? I mean, in other countries, and I have been to a few of these um, weddings in other countries, um, they do make a lot more of the um, ceremony things, and sometimes it goes on for days. I went to a Hungarian wedding once, and it went on for three days. There's nothing like a good old Polish wedding, I have to say. I've never been to a Polish one, but I imagine it might be quite similar. Is that? Yes, in Poland what we do, we have... uh, So you go to the church, everyone's at the church, and... You have the ceremony and the priest blesses you and everything, and um, and then you go party wild, <laughs> as you could imagine. Is there drink involved? I mean, it's Poland, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes. Um, there is. There is about a hundred a hundred bottles of vodka, straight up vodka. And obviously, if people have um, older older grandparents, then the grandparents make their own, which is that's I, I don't advise any anyone going anywhere near that sort of thing <laughs> probably don't remember a few for a few days yeah and then and then um and then after that's done and then afterwards we have games and everything and everyone plays a bit of games and it all it's all very merry and yeah and um the next day you come back for um, a meal another meal and you just kind of carry on the party so it's two days and if you're really close to the family like I was to someone that got married a few years ago that I knew, then it goes on for at least five days. Five days. Five right. days. And this is not. And this is just you know drinking. Oh, but that's <laughs> not. Parents. That's not like it. You know, you have this image perhaps of some sort of um, I don't know village out in the mountains would do that sort of thing. But it, this was actually like in a, a big town or so. It's just. A... Yeah. No. This is this is traditional. Like everyone does this in Poland. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, actually, one thing I forgot to mention, of course, although obviously in this country, getting married officially is actually the register. You have to do that anyway. And you can do that in a civil registry. You don't need to go to the church. In some countries, and I think Poland may be one of them, or certainly was, where the only way of getting married is actually through the church. So you don't have any choice about going anywhere else. I don't think that's true. My parents had a registrar registry pre- wedding and then they had a church wedding afterwards well yeah okay so you can do both i, I went to one in germany like that which um involved eating cake all day for two days <laughs> and slices of cake so i'm showing you how big it was it was sort of enormous slices of cake just have another slice you know? yeah because generally <laughs> in, per- in in europe you have big chunks of cake not, yes not like you get the cakes in here <laughs> no we're, we're really mingy with this sort of stuff aren't we we don't know how to do it properly at all yeah okay um i think having a wedding lasting for several days here would certainly be seen as being a bit strange but um hey why not um it's certainly i mean the sort of tradition i suppose is sort of you expect a, like a little village it's a real big celebration that one of the families there is now um often joining together with another family that you know both of them that sort of thing it's quite sad though because you think I, I when I think of weddings here in England, it's just it's a day and you go off for your honeymoon, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's a bit sad when I think about it. Well, you can make the honeymoon the big thing, you know, go off a nice holiday somewhere, and that's what, one of the reasons. Actually, one of the other things I should mention: those statistics did say specifically that they don't include the number of people who go and get married abroad, because lots of people do go and have a you know wedding in Mauritius on the beach, that kind of stuff, and those aren't counted in the same way. Um, so there's probably quite a few people do that these days. I have days. to say, I do like the idea of a beach wedding. Mm. But then, could you imagine all the sand in your shoes? No. <laughs> and I'm just imagining a beach wedding in Poland, presumably on the uh, Baltic. That might not be very... It's <laughs> very cold. <laughs> not quite so warm, yet. You fish around. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so um, we're talking about weddings and um, what else we're going to cover on this because... We've talked about the different types of weddings. Me? Oh, asking God, me I'm asking you a question. Yeah, oh. wakey, wakey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, can we? Um, we have to say that you guys can get involved in our discussions on Twitter at RVGenGap or on Facebook, The Generation Gap. Yeah, and thank you for your comments in recent weeks. We've been getting quite a lot of people coming back to us and saying, love the programme. So we like those comments. <laughs> yes, we don't want any other comments. <laughs> Um, anyway, moving on with the with the topic, we are talking about marriages, and I think that, as with anything else, careers play a very big role in if people get married or not. In what sense? Because women, obviously, now have a better life prospect and have a better chance of getting a really good career, and they don't, they want to put that on hold before they commit to anyone. Mm-hmm. Or before they re, um, take the marriage life seriously. Well, that's possibly why they're getting married older. I mean, there's several reasons why people are getting married later. One is they maybe have lived together for a few years before they get married, so that explains it. There's also the whole housing one. We won't go into that again, but you know, you can't actually afford to go and live anywhere together. So you're probably you might get married and still be living with the mum and dad of one of one of you. 
that sort of thing is probably not a very good way of starting off a marriage. Um, can I make a suggestion, which is, of course, a deliberately outrageous one? Um, right. I've seen a suggestion that one of the problems that happens these days is that because women are being educated to a much higher level, going to university, getting proper careers and so on, um, they have a problem in finding a partner because men generally don't like being married to someone who is basically cleverer or earns more money than them. So um, they're only looking for someone who is um, in a sort of slightly lower down in the pecking order, as it were. And so if you're sort of well-educated, you've got a good career, um, professional qualifications and so on, you're actually reducing the number of men who might be interested in uh, marrying you, basically. Yeah, I agree with that. Because do you think, <laughs> do you think if, if you had one day when you have your husband, if he basically has a job where he doesn't get so much money as you do, or you can easily earn more, which is, is quite common these days. I know a number of people in that situation. Um, and sometimes the men decide they're the ones going to stay at home, look after the children because, you know, their, their wives can earn more money. That's never going to happen in my house. <laughs> like, never. I thought I'd get that sort of reaction. I don't care who I'm <laughs> going to marry. Um, no. No, 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 no. Right, but that, that's where, that's the kind of... But that's my, that's my personal opinion, so, you know. Um, yeah, I, I kind of see where that's coming from, and I see why would that would happen. And that's, that's a good, valid point. Well, it's challenging the, I mean, you know, the sort of 1950s or 60s sitcom-type situation, you know, where the, the wife is cooking dinner, the husband gets home from work, opens the door, hello, here I am, and it expects to have the dinner on table immediately in front of it and the wife spent all day cleaning the house cooking and all the other things looking after the children if they got any and so on and that image is possibly still there in people's minds to some extent so moving to a, a more modern situation where perhaps they've both got careers both go and work in london all day and then just come back and they're both exhausted and the expectation the wife's then going to cook the dinner and do all the other things while the man sits around reading the newspaper watching the television or whatever it is i think it also depends how you're brought up because i think that's kind of the way that my mum would have done things. Mm. So I'm kind of brought up in the way thinking that I have to take care of the family. And I think that's a valid that's a valid way of thinking. The woman takes care of the family and the man takes care of the woman. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I think actually um, it's interesting. The idea about um, obviously the only real examples you've got of how to do things are from your parents. So probably you copy them and obviously the way they've lived and the way they've done things is the way you would expect to be the, the proper way of doing it. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. But you don't know that perhaps when you're young, you think in those terms. Yeah. yeah. Right. So um, now... We're talking about uh, marriage and all the implications of it. And obviously, for many people, and I think it's about 40% of marriages break up and people get divorced. So that's obviously one another reason why people perhaps are scared of committing to be, getting married, because they're worried it will fall apart. Um, and um, the number of divorces, I, I say, it's, it's been in, hasn't been increasing, actually. It's, it's um, steady now, but it's about 40%. And most people divorce within the first 10 years. So if you've gone past 10 years, it used to be a seven-year itch they used to talk about, but I think that's just because it was a film name. Um, so after no, no. 10 years, it's it's probably less likely you're going to be divorced. Yes. The psychological view is seven years because that's when children have time to grow up. You know what I mean? Right. No? Okay, never mind. No, okay. Mind. Oh, well, I'm interested. Is there um, something you've learned about this then in psychology? Seven. Um, isn't seven years just one of those magic numbers that they no, pick no, out? no, no. Um, it's basically 
when if you're forming a marriage and you have children, sev- it takes seven years for the children to grow up and to basically be in, at a place at school where they're okay mm. and where they're okay to deal with the fact that your parents could um, divorce. And the man, the man inside, the nature inside the man says, oh, it's time to move on. Okay, but I mean, um, they've probably been married longer than seven years by the time their children are seven, normally. Yeah, okay. Okay, so seven, seven, the seventh year of Just the child. Just the I mentioned it, yes. Seventh, seventh year of the child. Year of the child, there you go. Uh, okay, well, that's within the ten years, so that kind of makes sense as well. Yeah, yeah, that's why I thought that made sense. Okay, but of course some people get married and stay married for a very long time, and you're always hearing about people who've been married for 60 years and 70 years and, and ridiculously long periods like that. I do love I do love things like that when people are together forever for like ridiculous years. Yeah. Yes, well they're generally married at fifteen or something as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Well, it, so it can happen, but of course the fact you hear about it like that does mean it's relatively unusual. Let's be honest. That's that's the thing. That's true. That's true. Um, but I reckon my my parents will make it to fifty. Don't say that. Oh. Well, because if you say it, you never know. No, don't say that. Don't scare me. <laughs> I didn't. Right. Okay. Um, she didn't say that. She didn't mention it at all. Okay. So <laughs> uh, you can never tell, can you, I suppose? Okay. Well, just to put it out there, I wish my relationship would be just like my parents. Maybe not me like my mum, but like my parents. <laughs> well, I think there's probably an inevitability you'll end up like your mum or, if you're, or your dad. I mean, you generally end up like one of your parents. In terms of character and whatever. Mm, I'll get back to you on that. You can't escape it. It's in your genes, you know. You can escape it. It's in your mind. You reckon? I do. <sighs> okay, it's the psychology thing again. I'm not going to argue because she's been studying this for a <laughs> year and a half now, so obviously knows everything. <laughs> uh, 